0: In about an hour from right now, I will be sitting down with representatives from the uh, Salt Lake County Health Department. In fact, all week at 2.30, uh, every day, we're going to have essentially a vaccine Q&A, we're calling it. Uh, each week, I will have uh, representatives from various health departments throughout the state of Utah. Various counties and regions have their health departments, and uh, they are empowered to handle the rollout of vaccines to combat the COVID-19 pandemic here in the state of Utah. Uh, Today, we'll be speaking with a representative from the Salt Lake County Health Department. I have a long list of questions I'd like to ask, but those are all, for the most part, out of my own mind. I'd like to know what you would ask. Let's say hypothetically you've got a chance to sit down one on one with the Salt Lake County Health Department and ask any question uh, you might care to ask about the vaccine rollout, about any of the the rules and regulations under which we're living these days, about predictions for the future, about how are things going now that maybe there's a, a new president in the White House. Has that impacted the day to day operations of the various health departments? Today, it's Salt Lake County Health Department. About an hour from now, uh, we'll be chatting uh, with representatives from the department, and I'd like you to be part of that conversation. So, starting now, if you uh, have a question come to mind, do me a favor send it right over 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear uh, what you're curious about. And it might not just be for you. You know, think about. Think about the, the elderly folks in your life. Think about uh, your grandparents or maybe your great-grandparents or uh, that friend from church who isn't able to, to move around so well but absolutely fix, fits into one of the high-risk categories. Think about those folks and what questions stem from those thoughts. Send them over to me, and I will ask those in the know, 575 Again, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Okay, now <clears throat> I have just a few minutes To share this story with you. Actually, it's two stories. Uh, Something happened a few years ago in Chicago that is very reminiscent of something we saw play out over the weekend right here in the state of Utah. Uh, Let me start with the Chicago story. It's about two years old, uh, and if you if you remember, uh, there was a cold front that passed through Chicago, and it's a, a sad reality uh when the temperature drops so low regardless of where that temperature falls in the country uh but in particular where the wind is high and lake effect really drops the temperature uh what what happens during the winter season is- is that many of those without homes, uh, the homeless, or experiencing homelessness, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to phrase it, but uh, uh, but these days, uh, someone who, who doesn't have a place to live, who sleeps outside, uh, in the park or under a bridge or uh, in, in a tent on a city sidewalk, sometimes the temperature drops too low to be survivable, and those people lose their lives. Well, circumstance like that shaped up two winters ago in Chicago. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there was a a man there, uh, Mr. Schiller. Greg Schiller was his name. And uh, one of these types, a community organizer of sorts, uh, uh, very aware of the goings-on of uh, the community that was without home, we'll say. And one day, when the temperature was particularly low, he spread the word amongst those he knew in the homeless community, saying, hey, listen, guys, if you... Uh, if you if you don't find a place to stay tonight, I've got a basement. Uh, it's unfinished and it's not too comfortable, but it will keep you out of the elements and out of the cold. You are welcome to uh, come over to my home and have what we'll call a slumber party. And so it was that uh, about 15 folks from the street made their way into Greg Schiller's basement. And they spent the night there and uh, they all survived. Well, the next day, the city finds out that oh my gosh, uh, this private citizen on private property is uh, providing services that are typically reserved for homeless shelters. And they said, you know what, that's against the rules. We can't allow that. They got to vacate the premises, or you will stand in violation to city rules, and you may face fines or even. Criminal prosecution. Well, why did Mr. Schiller do it in the first place? Why did he open his doors to the homeless on that cold Chicago night a few years ago? These people are my friends. I've been working in the homeless community for going on six years here. I know all of them. I know every homeless person on the street here. I have relationships with several of them, the ones that would let me close enough to have that relationship. The people that were down here are all my friends. And, you know, this is basically the city telling me who I can have over, who who my friends can be, um, and where we can congregate in my home. Something similar has played out here in Utah. Recently in Rose Park. Uh, there was a gentleman, Mr. Mann, uh, has himself a big front yard. Now, this wasn't in the basement, uh, but as you know, you, you from time to time will drive around and see various uh, homeless encampments. You'll see a collection of tents, and inside there, uh, those are folks who, uh, you know, are facing some challenges in life, experiencing homelessness. I, I believe is the, the the phrase we use these days. And uh, well, this gentleman said, uh, Darren Mann, 31 years old, a community organizer is how he describes himself, and he uh, reached out and let it be known that his front yard was open for business. When I say business, I mean uh, that those, uh, you know, typically find themselves in these encampments uh, elsewhere could uh, pitch their tent on his front yard and uh, expect a little bit of food, some pancakes and eggs, and also have access to the restroom inside Mr. Mann's home. That's an interesting uh, and an important detail, that he allowed them access to his restroom inside the home. Now, reactions have been pretty swift on this. Uh, Mr. Mann received word that he uh, could potentially be in violation of uh, city ordinance and that he uh, needs to get this remedied and clear the folks from his yard uh, pretty quickly or else uh, he may face some consequences. Let me ask you, what do you think about that? As you hear these two stories, is the city of Chicago right? Is the city of Salt Lake right? Ought they be stepping in when someone opens their own doors, opens their own property up to uh, lend a hand and share a resource they enjoy with someone who doesn't otherwise enjoy it? Or is the city right? Are there potential risks posed to the property owner, uh, to those who are staying either in in the basement of the Chicago example or in the front lawn of the Salt Lake City example? And what about the communities? What about the neighbors? Do they have rights? Do they need certain protections? I'd love to chat with you about it. 57500 uh, is the Utah Community Credit Union text line, but also feel free to call in. Should we be able to open our doors uh, and let the homeless in without fear of consequence from the city? I'd point out the city uh, recently and various nonprofit organizations have uh, pooled and collected and spent millions of dollars on erecting facilities for exactly these needs. Let's talk about it next. 801 575 8255 801. KSL Talk is the number, or via text 575 00. Your call's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back. We're discussing uh, a pretty simple concept with some pretty profound implications. <clears throat> I started the last segment by reminding us all of a story which played out in the Chicago winter of 2018. One of the coldest winters in history and one of the heartbreaking realities that came as a result of that cold, cold winter was that there were a number of those experiencing homelessness who lost their lives due to the low, low temperatures. You know, you can only crawl into so many sleeping bags. You can only... Uh, supplement insulation with so much wrinkled-up newspaper uh, when you're on the out-of-doors that uh, eventually uh, the cold's going to catch up to you. The cold's going to make its way through that, uh, what you otherwise thought was insulating material. And uh, if you're not careful, you freeze to death. And that happened. That happened in uh, pretty uh, historic numbers in Chicago that winter, 2018. And there was one man, Greg Schiller was his name. Uh, You may have heard this story. You may remember it. He uh, had an unfinished basement. Unfinished basement. And uh, he thought, well, you know what? It's unfinished and uh, not too comfortable for me. But I'll tell you what, it probably is much better, uh, much better insulated from the cold elements of the out of doors, than would be the sidewalk where many of the people in my community are sleeping tonight. So he put the word out, and uh, a number of those, uh, again experiencing homelessness, they gathered in his basement, and uh, and he, you know, kept an eye on them. If there was any drug use, it uh, was out of there. right? Uh, uh, one strike and you're out policy he put in place. There would to be there was to be no violence, uh, no drug use. Nothing dangerous, nothing untoward, and and that's what he claimed happened. He had uh, some smoke detectors down there, a carbon dioxide de- uh, detector, and yet it was that uh, the next day, or at least when city officials from Chicago caught wind of what was going on in Mr. Schiller's basement, they approached him and said, "Sorry, you got to kick them all out. This is no good." I, I was reminded of that story from the winter of 2018 in Chicago because of some reading this morning. I picked up the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, well, logged on, I should say. Uh, They don't print, right? Uh, And I read that there was a similar event took place here uh, in Utah recently. Just a few weeks ago, uh, there was a gentleman named Darren Mann, 31 years old, identifies as a community organizer, and he... Uh, let it be known to various folks experiencing homelessness in his community that his front lawn uh, was available for camping and that there'd be some food and some medicine, some donations there, uh, as well as access to the restroom in his home. He, too, had a strict one-strike-and-you're-out policy, uh, no drug use, no violence, nothing uh, dangerous. And uh, he, too, uh, had an interaction with the city saying, hey, listen, that's uh, that's that's no good. Uh, we're not going to be able to, uh, to allow this. Yeah. And, you know, th- there are multiple angles to all of these issues, obviously. Uh, and I'd like to know what you think. If I'm a private property owner and I have certain resources and I would like to share those resources with someone or a group of someone who lack them, Should I be told I can't do that? There's one way to look at it. On the other hand, let's say uh, I am the city and I have, uh, together with some nonprofits and uh, some grants from here and there, I have uh, erected multi-million dollar facilities with all the comforts needed to uh, you know, keep you alive and comfortable and healthy enough to, to maybe uh, start moving forward in life and overcoming the homelessness which you are experiencing. Plenty of food, maybe some counselors, some drug counselors, some mental health professionals. What do you think of that? And the city says uh, to to those who would like to uh, attempt to replicate some of the services offered, uh, no, hey, listen, we, we've got that covered. Uh, you're violating some ordinances. You can't be doing this. Uh, leave it to us. Where do you stand on this? Eight zero one five seven five eight two five five 575 8255 is uh, the phone number. Let's go to Todd first in West Valley. Uh, Todd, welcome to the program. As you hear me sharing the details of these two stories, what, what do you think? How do you react to them? Who's in the right?
1: Yeah, Lee, I think Chicago was wrong. I think and I hate to say this, Salt Lake was right. And the reason why is Fourth Amendment, Unreasonable Search and Seizure. Your house is your property. And they can't come in your house without a warrant and tell you what you can and can't do. But we all know that code enforcement can roll by your house anytime and write you a citation for having an extra car that's not registered or for tall weeds or for people camping in your front yard. But... The smart thing would be is move it to the backyard where you have a privacy fence and your expectation of privacy moves up a little bit. Okay, all
0: right. Uh, well, let me ask you this: Is it is it a reasonable ordinance the one uh, referenced uh, precluding this gentleman from Rose Park from allowing the, this encampment in his front yard? Is the ordinance reasonable? Well,
1: how long would the encampment be? Would it be one night? No, they shouldn't enforce mm-hmm. it. But if they're there for two weeks or a month, okay, then. Obviously, if you know your, know people and their neighbors, they can't keep their nose out of the, other people's business. They're going to call and complain. Thus, here comes code enforcement yeah. getting out their little ticket book, writing that little citation. And, you know, there could be an increase in problems in the area. That's yeah. what the city's looking at. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then the city's got a bigger issue of... More than one guy in his yard, go drive down 5th or 6th South and look at all the encampment in Salt Lake. Yeah. And if they're meeting the needs of the homeless, uh, there will always be some people that are homeless that choose not to take those services and use them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a catch-22, but the two are different. Inside your house, your expectation of privacy is a lot higher. They can't come in and tell you what to do. Sure. Sure. And if that was the case, I would have told everybody they got to go out tonight and then tomorrow you come back as my friend and spend all of a sudden you want my uh, house. There you go.
0: Uh, Todd, listen, thank you so much for the, the, the thoughtful conversation there. Uh, you bring up a good point. You, you heard uh, just a, a portion of what Todd had to say there having to do with those who uh, choose not to take advantage of the city or state provider, county provided facilities. Uh, and why might they do that? Uh, well, uh, some of the conversations that I've had, uh, point out that at the, at the, you know, the, the public facilities that uh, a mask is required and there are some who, uh, you know, for whatever reason, aren't into wearing masks. Not sure what the requirement was on the lawn of Mr. Mann, but maybe, uh, that was an effort to skirt that requirement or, uh, maybe others. I don't know. Uh, fascinating, fascinating story. Uh, I, I think the hearts of Mr. Schiller and Mr. Manner, are in the right place, and I hope that all involved uh, remain happy and safe and a good outcome is available to all. Uh, quick break. When we return, the top two stories at 2 o'clock here on Live Mike. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985.